Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business, and I think we've done it. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset that was originally used in the Gutenberg Press. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. Everything else was printed in regular type. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Hi, this is Tom Dunlap, your host of the Black Letter Podcast and a partner at Dunlap, Bennett, and Ludwig. Today, we're going to be talking about an article we've posted on our website, America's Future by the Numbers, what businesses need to know about the new coronavirus relief package that has become law today. The largest economic stimulus package in the history of the United States finally passed the House and Senate despite a congressman from Kentucky and was signed into law by the president just 15 minutes ago. A lot of people have suggested rather than calling this a stimulus package, it should have been called a survival package. The new law is meant to help keep the American economy afloat during the economic fallout that's occurred due to COVID-19. So there are a lot of articles out there that summarize this law or explain it and even complain about it. But this is a short and sweet list of the major provisions by the numbers without political commentary. So first, how does the coronavirus relief law help individuals? So the provisions of the stimulus law for individuals essentially works to keep American workers paid and employed which is the goal of any good economy. The law includes monetary support so that Americans can pay their bills and they continue to purchase food for their families. For families that are food insecure, the bill also supports assistance to food assistance programs like SNAP. And for Americans who make under $75,000, they're going to get a check right into their bank account. In fact, Americans who make up to $99,000 will get some form of check, but it starts phasing out over that. We'll talk about that right now. So here are the numbers. So there's $1,200 or $2,400 for married couples in the form of a check to every U.S. resident who make less than $75,000 or $150,000 for married couples. This amount goes up to $99,000. In other words, if you make between $75,000 and $99,000, you're still going to get a check. It's just going to be reduced. And then it phases out at $99,000. And there's a whole bunch of details in between. But essentially, if you make less than $75,000 or $150,000, you're getting a check for $1,200 or two checks for $1,200 if you're married. An additional $500 per child for all U.S. residents who make less than $75,000. And then $25 billion in this bill was set aside for food assistance with $16 billion for the SNAP food stamps program and almost $9 billion for child nutrition for the food insecure. Additionally, the program extended unemployment benefits. It added $600 per week for up to four months for unemployed, and that's on top of state unemployment benefits. So now let's turn to businesses. How does the coronavirus relief law help American business? So this law allocates money to struggling businesses and offers a payroll tax credit to employers as an incentive to prevent those businesses from laying off employees. Essentially, it rewards businesses that keep going during this tough time by giving them payroll tax credits and some tax breaks. For severely distressed industries like the airline industry and healthcare industry, hospitals in particular, special provisions in there and special money for those industries. So first, let's start with 
by the numbers, $500 billion in loans for the Treasury Department to distribute to struggling sectors of the economy, including particularly towns, cities, and airline industry. $5,000 per worker as a total maximum as a payroll tax credit to businesses that keep idled workers on their payrolls during the pandemic. In other words, if someone's sitting at home and not working because they can't do their work, if you keep them on your payroll as a business, you're going to get up to $5,000 as a payroll tax credit. To get the credit, however, businesses have to show that they took a 50% loss compared to the same quarter in past years. And if you do take the payroll tax credit, you can't take advantage of the special SBA loans that are being provided. And check out our blog and our podcast on the SBA loans that are being offered right now as well, which are, are pretty impressive. A 6.2% tax deferral on Social Security tax paid by employers and self-employed individuals. So essentially, normally you'd pay 6.2% on Social Security tax if you're self-employed and employers pay that on every employee. You can defer that and with no interest, and then you have to pay it back, of course, later on, half of it by December 31, 2020, so the end of next year, and half by December 31, 2022. But essentially lets you push this Social Security tax expense out. $58 billion in aid payments are being made to the airline industry specifically. As you can imagine, they're not flying very much. So $29 billion of that, those dollars is going to grants for, quote, the continuation of payment of employee wages, salaries, and benefits. That means it's not going to executives or other things, and they can't use the money for stock buybacks, and it limits executive compensation. And then the other $29 billion of that $58 billion goes to loans and loan guarantees for the passenger airlines, repair stations, and ticket agents. And there's also in the bill a short-term relief for, from paying excise taxes on the three biggest excise tax items airlines have, and that's tickets, fuel, and cargo. So that's a big deal. There's $24 billion for ranchers. $14 billion of that $24 billion goes to the USDA to use to stabilize the farm economy. And they have a financial program that they, get, they use to distribute that money. And there's specifically another $9.5 billion that uh, is allocated for emergency aid to agriculture. And that includes fruit and vegetable growers and cattle ranchers. And then finally, two non-numbers things, but money things. A temporary exemption from excise tax for distillers for the alcohol they use to make hand sanitizer that's produced and distributed within the FDA's guidelines, and a retail tax fix that really fixes uh, an issue that uh, retailers had when they made improvements back in 2017 and didn't get a proper tax credit. But if a retailer has invested in improving their property, they now get to deduct the cost of that improvement directly from their taxes, which is a huge deal. How does the coronavirus relief law help towards American recovery from COVID-19? So there's a couple other overall overarching things that go kind of generally to industry and to the American economy. Law provides money to the Department of Defense. It provides money to help find a cure and vaccines. The Department of Defense can use the money to deploy the National Guard to help with logistics during the pandemic. And it increases uh, funding for research and development. So let's go through the numbers now, by the numbers. First, there's $10.5 billion to the DOD, Department of Defense. $1.5 billion is to pay National Guard soldiers, up to 20,000 of them, to help fight the coronavirus uh, over the next six months. There's another $200 million of that for telemedicine to boost remote telemedicine health checkups, particularly in rural areas where it's hard for people to get to uh, tests or clinics or doctors. There's another $415 million allocated to research and development for vaccines and antivirals. $150 billion to state and local governments, with $8 billion of that specifically set aside for local governments, which are suffering because they 
can't collect the tax revenues because businesses are going out of business and employees are being laid off. So they're, of course, losing tax revenue. And then $100 billion in rescue funds, much sought after by hospitals. And the hospitals, in addition to this $100 billion in rescue funds, they're going to get a 20% pay bump in Medicare payment for patients that have coronavirus. So anybody that they're treating, they'll get a 20% pay raise in the Medicare payments they get. There's $30 billion allocated for colleges, universities, states, and school districts, state and, and local school districts, which is a big deal. And then $10 billion is being given to the Treasury as a loan to the U.S. Postal Service to keep the USPS, to keep our mail flowing, which it's on the brink of insolvency right now. So that $10 billion is kind of a rescue of the, of the Postal Service. So who are the big losers in this bill? Well, the big losers are oil companies. They did not get the $3 billion that the Trump administration sought. But on the other hand, the Democrats didn't get the renewable energy tax break that they were looking for. So clearly there was a compromise there. And then the Democrats did not get the $2 billion they wanted to fund an FCC, and that's Federal Communications Commission subsidy program to help schools and libraries connect to the internet. But on the other hand, the administration didn't get the $50 million it wanted for a pilot program to help schools. So, uh, and then finally, the biggest losers in the bill right now, at least the ones that got close to nothing, are insurers and the cruise industry, which uh, President Trump had said at one point was potentially a target for some stimulus, but at the end of the day, nothing came out for them in the bill. So stay with DBL and Blackletter for updates, advice, and information. Visit our COVID-19 Business Resource Center at www.dblawyers.com. That's Delta Bravo Lima Lawyers.com. Stay safe, stay home. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play so you never miss an episode. And to catch us on video, check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.